Father, we thank you for your word tonight, and we thank you for the ability of the word to transform us and every situation. So we have no other hope, we have no other expectation. We lean not into our own understanding, but in all our ways. We acknowledge you by acknowledging your word tonight as our food, our power, our strength, our, our energy, Lord, our wisdom, everything that makes us better and increases us, Lord, is in your word. And tonight we ask you for revelation to spring up in our hearts. We'll see it and we'll know it better than ever. And we give you thanks in advance, Holy Spirit, for helping us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, just so glad you're here tonight. It's really uh, one of those things uh, when you come to midweek that sometimes you don't know what, what it does but it does over a, a season, it just changes everything. Um, we looked at some things Sunday, and I want to come back to them. <laughs> I didn't near get to the end of it. And the Lord, you know how it works for me, and maybe it works this way for other people, because I know if you were up here, you'd be looking, you'd be fishing all week, saying, it's not, well, you know, can I minister? It's just, what is he, what is he wanting to minister? Finding out where the flow is, where the river is flowing, not, instead of just going out there and trying to plow through some old dry thing and get in the river and, and it's already flowing. So uh, he dropped it down in me about faith. And um, I, I appreciate what Melissa prayed, you know, that we need a rest. All of us need a rest. But that's one thing. Faith rests. And so if anything, we have been tempted, all of us, anybody that's pressing to be weary and well-doing. Because the word says, don't do it. Don't. It's a real temptation. It's a real thing that's on everybody. Don't be weary in well-doing. And we have been dragging the plow. We've been, <laughs> we've been, we've been toting the wood. We've been hanging in there and pressing towards the mark. All the things that we're so equipped to do and that are not even hard. But if you ever try to get out of faith, try to do these things without faith, wow, it uh, it gets tough. So. I wrote this down today and uh, about what we said Sunday. What, what is really happening when you are facing a challenge that doesn't move? You're just whacking on it and talking to it and enduring it, and then it starts talking back to you. And usually, you know, we talk back to it until it's shut up, but then there's a day that comes that it starts talking and we don't have an answer for it. And that's when we start having troubles in our life. And uh, uh, we become fearful. Things that never bothered us before, you know, what's that? And what's it going to do? And what are they saying? And, and it's, it's when we get out of faith, we get fearful. Would you all agree with that? And it's not something you go, well, this is it. It's, it's just a residual. We, get, uh, we start making excuses. I'm talking about me. I, you can just ride along until I get to your part. But I'm saying we start making excuses why we're not doing this or getting that. We start blaming things and people and events and timing, and, and uh, that's never pretty. When we get out of faith, blaming things, you know, well, if they had of this and that and the other, uh, we get negative, no doubt. We start complaining. You start listening to people complain. You go, well, what, what's going on? Well, they can tell you. They can point to somebody or something, but that's not really it at all. People in faith, it's always going our way. And we know it. And we, we start uh, getting a handle on it. We get nervous. 
we start, I noticed that we start trying to get around events. I'll be glad when that's over. I'll be glad when this is out of the way. I'll be glad when we're through summer and through, you know. And the, the faith man, the faith woman doesn't even pay any attention to that. It's all good. Are you all here? Can I talk just, just full strength tonight? Uh, we get critical, no doubt. We start criticizing ourselves and other people, and that goes back with blaming. We start avoiding people that are in faith because we don't want to hear it. Now, I'm getting down in the nitty-gritty here because I'm talking about me. We just start, you know, I just don't want to go over there and listen to him talk about how good it is, you know, because I don't feel like it's, you know. Uh, we get dishonoring where we could go one way or the other with somebody, and we choose to not go the highway. We may not say anything, but we just choose not to give out honor that's due. Y'all know what Romans says. Uh, another thing is we get to be comparative. We compare things, and com comparison is not good. Uh, competitive, no doubt. All these things are symptomatic of just not being in faith. You may think you need a hormone, you need a B12, you may need, you know, your boss to get with it, to get saved, or, you know, whatever. Truly, all that's in there. But really, when you're full of faith, when you're in faith, these things don't affect us because we're living on a plane that's above. And if you've ever lived there, and we all have, but I mean, if you've ever lived there, then you find these other things to be unacceptable in others, you don't want to be around the complainer, and you even find yourself saying, you know what, you get at the end of the day and go, what was that all about? Many a time I've talked to myself and I said, what was that all about today? Amen. That's just me. Whatever you say. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Let's read it again this evening like we did Sunday. Ready? Read. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus is in you, except ye be reprobates. So the first part of that is examine, uh, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. That tells us that it's, uh, it's not on or off like a light switch. Somebody turn on the light switch, it's off. This thing about being in the faith and examining ourselves is res it's gradual, it's a gradient. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a third of a percent per week and uh, uh, whatever. They, they, there's a, I saw a building in uh, San Francisco that they built on, uh, on uh, it wasn't on the solid rock, it was on a landfill. And some satellite says, you know, this thing's sinking one inch per year. And you go, well, this thing is a quarter of a mile high. What's the deal on that? Well, you get 12 inches sinking on one side pretty soon. <laughs> thing your pictures don't hang right and so we we know we have to stay straight on these things so here's what i wrote down when you're facing a challenge that doesn't move and it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen here's what's happening i looked inside and i said here's what's happening you're facing off with a, with a situation on its own terms let me say that again when you don't like where it is you're usually facing off with a situation on its terms. You've engaged a fight that does not yet have a clear winner. You know, faith always knows the end. Y'all are a little quiet here. You've left your position, you've left your position 
to go to fight in rather, instead of waiting for the coronation. When you're in faith, you know it's like, ah, it's going to be 2.30 before we're crowned the, the winner of this event. But when you're not in that place, when you're in a hard place, it's like, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know how this is going to turn out. And that's when we're facing a situation, a circumstance, or a problem on its terms. In other words, we've lowered ourselves to its terms. And we're seated with Him in heavenly places. Always causes us to triumph. Always causes us to triumph. So we got to go back to what the Word says, because that's the standard. It's not whether it's going to win or lose. It's a matter of when am I going to get crowned? When am I going to get you know the medal put around my neck? Because that is how it is. That is how it will turn out. And so that's why we get that thing that says everything is turning out amazing. We know the end. We just don't know the trip or the road or whatever has to happen in between. But we do know the end. You know, James chapter 1 says that God does not test anybody. So we can't say, well, you know, God's the reason I'm going through this, it's not me. God's putting a test on me. Really? You think God doesn't know? You think we don't know? James says it's not God that's testing us. It's really what it is, is our reaction to life. Point to yourself and say, be a winner. Now, that's what life has got everybody a different circumstance. Some people, they get a, you know, they get a, Parkinson's at 30 uh, diagnosis, some people get uh, autism, some people get uh, uh, all sorts of challenges medically, financially, you know, your job dries up or something moves and you don't want to move with it. Just everybody, you go, why is this? this why is this happening to me? Because it's life. And life is negative. Life is against us. Life is not a friend in its present mode. But on the other hand, if, if, what difference does you care if the car that you're riding in is clean or dirty as long as you're going down the road? And we're going down the road. I'm going down the road. I'm getting there, and it doesn't really matter what we're having to drive through and what's, hap uh, what's happening. If you would, turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. We're going to get ourselves in faith for the new year. I'm just assuming that you could all, all of us, myself especially, we could use a tune-up. We could. Uh, there's nothing new here that I'm sharing. This is not going to be like, well, that's a lot of revelation. You know all of this. What I'm doing is I'm just wanting to point. I'm wanting to encourage. I'm wanting to, to remind us of what we already know. The Bible talks all the time about stir yourself up. We, that means we need stirring up. There's too many things going on for us to constantly prioritize everything every day. Things slip in and things slip out, and we have to all be reset. We need a reset. So it says in 1 John chapter 5, uh, first, yeah, 1 John chapter 5, let's look in uh, verse 4. Here's the truth. Here's the whole truth. For whatsoever is born of God, read it with me, overcometh the world. And then it says, and this... This, there's a, there's a key somewhere, this is the victory that overcometh the world, say it with me, even my faith. Now you'd say, well, but it love, love is the thing, truly, love is everything, love never fails. But we're talking about faith that worketh by love, Galatians says. We're not talking about some pseudo-faith, 
feigned faith, hyper faith. We're talking about faith that works by love. Lord, I am who you made me and nothing different, and I'll do what you want me to do, and I'll have an attitude about it on the way. We're all working on that. We're all getting up every day and having a reset, saying, okay, I slept last night. Everything <laughs> got unset. And so have you ever had the alarm go off when it shouldn't? What could be a blessing when it went off before you were late as could be? goes off at 3 in the morning, and you have nothing that morning. That's kind of like this stuff is that uh, interrupts our life so many times. Um, Philippians 4.13 we know that one, but we have to go back to the Lord Jesus. It says, I can do all things through Christ, through the anointed one, through his ability, through his favor, through his power. The word is really indunamo, which means I can, do, uh, I can do all things through Christ who empowers me. Strengthens is the King James, but, and that's true, but it empowers. So I put this other word in there. You could say, I can do all things through Christ. I can only do all things through Christ who empowers me. We got to take that out that's, that it's not an option, that it, sometimes you got you to fall back and get Jesus in your life. There is no life without him. And I want to lift up a Jesus tonight that is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. There is nothing going on in your life that's succeeding, that has, a, that has rest in it, that has a vision in it. There's nothing more tiring in life than not knowing. You know, I don't know what's gonna, what they're going to do at the company. I don't know what the in-laws are going to do for Christmas. I don't know what to get, uh, you know, Uncle Fred. You know, I, that is the most tiring thing I can think of is not knowing. But when you're in faith, you know. The things you don't know don't matter. They don't drag on you because you know this thing is going to the end and I'm on the front row when it gets there. We've got to put that on. And it's the default to life, if you've ever been a sinner, if you've ever been a carnal Christian, if you've ever been around these people, is that nothing is turning out amazing. They call it Murphy's Law. If it can mess up, it's on its way. And you're in the middle of it. You all have the bullseye is on you. That's how the world actually thinks and expects. But we have to throw that off and says, everything Everything that's around me, there's a bubble, an aura uh, 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 around me is turning out amazing. When I move in a room, things are adjusted in a rain. When I make a phone call, I'm impacting them way beyond uh, a dental appointment or, a, a, you know, making an order. Things are, you got to know that inside and it'll affect everything around you to turn out amazing. This word in verse 4, I want to look at it for, for just a second. I looked up this word, overcometh. Actually, this is so interesting, I did not know this. It's the word Nike. It's not pronounced that way. It's actually in the Greek, it's Nike, but it's N-I-K-E. And uh, it, it, it's the word for victory. I've always known that, but it's the word here that's translated overcometh. And it's... Uh, Let's see how many, whoever's born of God overcometh, Nike, and this is the victory, Nike, that Nike's the world, even our faith. So uh, the word means to subdue in order to conquer. Point yourself and say, that's me all over. Nike, you are subduing in order to conquer. It means 
Uh, to overcome, obviously, it means to prevail. That goes back to everything's turning out amazing. It doesn't mean you showed up and everything just re rearranged. It means you and I showed up and the faith that's coming out of us transforms things until they look and act like they're a blessing to us and whoever we're around. Nike. It also, one last thing it, may, it means is uh, to get the victory. Nike, to get the victory. So there's a pressing towards the mark. There's a, there's a possessing of the land. There's a standing and having done all to stand. You just stand. You don't get, you get weary in well-doing, but you don't, it never affects you. You, you resist that weary, being weary in well-doing. So, overcometh the world. So I looked up the word world there, and as you know, probably it's the word cosmos. But I did not know what it meant until I looked it up, and it means, the word cosmos, it's the world, it means an orderly arrangement. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. It's talking about the earth, the world, an orderly arrangement. And then I began to realize that there's a certainty of laws that are set into our world that are indisputable. We got physics laws, and we got Einstein, relativity, we got, um, we got algebra, all these things that are an orderly arrangement. And um, the word means an orderly arrangement of, of laws and outcomes versus the so-called uncertainty of heaven. Now, you and I know, we already know that heaven is far from uncertain. But when they coined this word, when they put this in, they said that the earth, the cosmos, was stable, predictable, uh, you, you could bank on this world, but the things of heaven, based on the so-called sovereignty, the fickleness, the, the God might change his mind and do a new thing thing, you can't depend on it. And so it's talking about an orderly arrangement of things on earth versus the uncertainty of heaven. Well, actually, it's exactly opposite of that. We put on faith and we predict, or we, we set into order heaven on earth, and it is exactly right, no matter what's going on. The tsunami, the earthquake, the company uh, giving you a pink, everything that could go that's really chaos is turned into peace and order and uh, predictability. Everything is turning out amazing. So it may look like it's a little weird today, but it's all heading towards the good spot for my life. So he says here, let me read it again, whoever's born of God overcometh the cosmos, uh, and this is the victory, the overcoming, that, that overcometh the world. What is it? It's even our faith. Then he goes on and says in verse 5, who is he that Nike, the world, the cosmos, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So he re-identifies you and me right there and says, it's not going to be because you're rich and famous. It's not going to be going to be because you're uh, silver-tongued or that you're, you're, you're eloquent and, and you're in some high office. He said it's going to be the born-again man that dominates, that wins, that always has the predictable outcome. Everybody else is lost at sea. I know we all know this. Oh, this side. 
We got, but we got to be reminded because there's a, there's a scrubbing going on out there in the world that says, you know, this isn't so predictable. This isn't going so good. This looks a little rough. And I don't know if God knows where I am. And we got to just jump back and say, the greater one in me is taking charge here. And everything is perfect. And it's even going to look perfect in the days ahead. We have to put on faith. Now, we said Sunday, we said a profound thing. Faith is never disappointed. And I've been disappointed not many times. It was usually when I was, it's not that I was backslid, but I just hadn't prayed about it. You ever been there where it's like, I got this, God. You work on some folks that are really hurting because I got this one. And then, you know, it didn't go that way. I didn't have backing. I didn't have I just didn't have backing, and so I, it didn't go that way. It didn't work out. It didn't turn out amazing in that sense, and so I was disappointed. But then, you know, I got back on track and found out how God wanted to do it. Well, faith is not disappointed. So if you're tempted to be disappointed, here's what it is. We've got to get in faith. It's not like, I need a new boss. I need a new city. I need a new car. All those things might or might not be true, depending on the kingdom of God. But the main thing is, is you've got to get in faith because nothing's going to change until that happens. In Matthew chapter 14, let's look at Peter on the water for a second. Y'all okay? Matthew chapter 14, we look at uh, uh, first mate Peter and, and all the crew in the little ship. Let's look at this story here about faith. It says in verse 28, uh, Peter answered him, so there's a story in before that that we're not going to go to. He said, Lord, if it be thy will, excuse me, if it be thou, bid me come into thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, he saw, and you can go back up there to verse 24, where it says the, uh, they were tossed with waves and the wind was contrary. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, uh, the word there is puny or weak faith, wherefore, it's, versus a measure of an amount, it's the, it's the measure of the strength of it, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they came up to the ship, the wind ceased. Um, we all are tempted to have to be a double-souled person. To have our and we we can't get rid of the soul. The soul has got to measure if it's hot in the room, um, whether whether you're tasting something poisonous. You know, we need our senses. We need to be able to contact the physical realm, and so we have that part of our soul that is in contact essentially uh, to to the world. But the other part of the soul has got to think like God. Because if you get a double mind, what does it say in James? James 1, 6, He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And then it says, For let not that man think he shall receive anything. I wanted to point that out. I saw that today. See, have, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Well, that just means you're out of faith. When you're double, it's like, I got this over here. But when you have this over here, you become like Peter. Now, Peter was in faith, 
but he had a division in his soul that when he saw the wind boisterous, he chose that scenario. In other words, it preempted, I've already walked on the water. I've already, I'm walking to Jesus who is walking on the water. We're good. <laughs> Jesus did never say, whoa, whoa, don't go back. This thing only works for six yards. It's, you're fixing to fall out. He never said, the angels have left and you, everything's good. We are cleared to land. And he looked over there and saw the wind, which in verse 24 had already been going on. So you can be in faith with troubles all around. It's when you look at the troubles that the troubles get power. It doesn't mean like we have to wait till everything's good to be good. You just can't look at what's going on in order to be good unless you're single-minded, unless you've got this down here, the mind of Christ. You're sensing it's hot in the room. You're sensing that uh, it's, it's nighttime with your eyes and your ears and everything. But down in here, we're making our decisions. Down here where the mind of Christ is. We're not letting that part make a decision down here. That's what faith is. Down in your spirit, man, where faith is, he's in charge. This up here, we just, we just know when to go to bed and what to eat for breakfast and you know how, when to turn the microwave off the coffee, all that sort of stuff. But we don't need it for anything else. Um, the, the word little faith there meant that Peter failed to look to faith. Have you ever been there? I have. I was in faith, but then something came into the situation, a word or a, a scene or an influence, and caused me to look. They, you know, I rode a motorcycle for a number of years, and they say, and it is absolutely true, whatever you look at, is what you're going to run over. So one time I tried to look at something and go around it, and it took everything I had to go around it and still look at it. I know that seems bizarre. Uh, Pastor Gene Hollis told me one time that, an, that a saddled horse, excuse me, a rider horse, horse with a rider on it, could outrun a riderless horse because of the control and the regimen on it. Lots of things don't seem to be like they really are. And so uh, it's what you look at. So that's why coming to church tonight, sitting under the Word, reading your Bible every day, praying out the Word, praying out the Word. Not, Lord, I hope you're doing something up there because it sure seems like it's going to, <laughs> going to the backside down here. You know, that's not the kind of praying we're talking about. We're talking about, yes, you have to be looking at it. It has to be staying steady. We're steering this thing. We're steering our own lives, and we're steering the lives of others. All of y'all in this room are responsible for other people. And if the truth were told, if we were to see the, uh, the uh, flow chart, it would probably give you pause to know who got what God has put everyone in this room in charge of. If you saw the flow chart and knew what city you were over or what the word talks about. He said uh, in one place, the Lord Jesus said, he said, well done. I'm going to put you over 10 cities. He's talking about the millennial reign. You're responsible for a lot more than you may think. I'm just going to brush my teeth and get my little self to work. And then as soon as five o'clock hits, I'm gone. 
No, we're responsible the whole day long to pray it out, to say it out, to, to undo, to refute. Okay, we're, we're here. Amen. So um, then it says, uh, then Jesus said, well, why did you doubt? Uh, the verse actually says, uh, 31, I believe. Uh, oh, thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? Doubting is just looking at something contrary to the truth. Well, contrary is everywhere. You talking about contrary? Our nation, our employment, our everything could be contrary by the weekend. And we wouldn't even say it's the most unheard of thing we've ever experienced. Things are not stable around us, but it's but they have no power until we look at them. I'm telling you, I tried to drive that motorcycle over that spot, go around that spot and still look at it, and I could hardly do it. So what you're looking at, same thing with a horse. You put a horse, you put a bit in there, and you steer it by letting it look at it. And if you don't like where it's going, you put blinders on it so it'll only go straight. It's the same thing for faith. Luke chapter 18. We're just stirring ourselves up tonight. We're just stirring ourselves up because there's opportunities coming to your life. There's things that God is pouring out for you to have everything turn out amazing. There's people coming into your life that are key to your life. You've got to be able to know who they are. You can't say, oh, that one got away. Now I look back and say, that person could have... You've got to know who they are. You've got to, know, you've got to discern situations where we're working, what cars we're buying, the houses where we live, everything about our life, we have to be on track. And it's not a thing where you have to pray out everything intensely. It's just that you get it inside in faith, and you have a witness with your faith. This thing's working. Just like you have a witness with your senses, it's time to turn the air conditioner on, or it's time to turn the heater up, or whatever. You have a sense about it that you just know. And we need that sense to be in us uh, with our faith. Luke chapter 18, verse 7. Uh, verse 7 says, Shall not God avenge his own elect? So he's telling a story there. Which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. Now I'm telling you, this went on with this United States in this last election. We haven't... The, I'm not talking about River Church or Tuscaloosa. There's churches, there's Christians that in this whole nation said, we can't take another. It's going to be life-changing. The Antichrist is going to have a foothold. This thing is all going to have major ramifications based on this election. I don't know if that's true or not, but we all had a sense about that there was a great import in this one. And, uh, and so this nation, Christians, they rose up and prayed. I don't know that they had a confidence about how it would be. It was more of a general thing in the sense of, God, you've got to help us in this nation. And, you know, uh, you know what we got. We got three, three branches that all turned one way. That's just a recipe for getting stuff done. We can steer this thing. And so uh, it, it, that, I think that's what happened in this verse right here. Um, verse, let's see, where was I? Verse 18, verse oh, 07, yes, ma'am. I tell you then, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, here it is, shall he find faith on the earth? 
So it's a question from heaven. It's not just even our question. Let's say, God, I need, I need to get in faith about this. I've just been laying that back and just hoping things will work. I've been tired. I'm resting. We got to get in faith. Nothing good happens outside of faith. Let me just remind you of the sinner days, the carnal days, the, the, the days of the world, the uncertainty. They're wore out. And will he find? And then he, uh, then it says, um, in chapter 18, verse uh, 8. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? So there's the question. He didn't say, Did, will we find gentleness? Will we find peace? Will, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find love? He's, he's looking for one thing. Will he find faith? Faith that the word is true and the word is true for me. Let me see if I'm on track here. Uh, yes, I am. Okay. Verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Do you all know those people? <laughs> uh, two men went up. He spake this parable. Two men went up, verse 10, into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing far off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Then here's where the Lord Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other, for everyone, look, everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. This is truth here. Everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased or lowered, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Now, let's just, let's just take that and put that in faith. What is faith? What is faith in God, faith in the Word? It goes back to that, to Philippians uh, 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. Um, when Paul, in, 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 in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, when he said, uh, said the devil came at me, and I, I asked the Lord to get rid of it. You know, I, I, I sought the Lord three times, and the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Both times in these two examples and all over the Word, you find that someone that does not try to fight it themselves or win it themselves or do it themselves is actually humbling themselves by saying, I can do nothing without him, but I can do all things through Christ. There's a humility to that versus, listen, not even checking in with faith. Have you ever done that? I know I have. Or I just said, ah, <laughs> that's exalting yourself. That's saying, I got this. Not knowing the hordes of devils and demons and powers that be, not knowing the wickedness of men, not taking into account just the Murphy's thing that's working all around you to bring you down. We can never be exalted and say, I don't need faith for this. Family, we were created. Our, our operation is created for faith. Just like the cars in the parking lot. Someday they may run on hydrogen, they may run on, you know, whatever. But right now, they all have to have gasoline. We were made to run on faith.
not optimism, not a out, good outlook. We have to have faith in our heart or it falls apart. Especially the more when we endeavor to do exploits for God without faith versus the guy that's not even trying to do anything but pay his bills. We put ourselves out there further, and without faith, there's a greater failure rate than even that. So uh, when you humble yourself, you're saying, this is beyond me. Actually, you know, the name of Jesus makes you bigger and stronger than every devil. But without the name of Jesus, we are little bunnies in the hole with the big snake coming down. We can't handle anything in life without faith successfully. Remember the scripture in Matthew 6.33 that said, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that the Gentiles seek shall be added to you. When he says, Seek ye first the kingdom, he's saying faith. He's saying, Seek the kingdom that you can receive by faith. He's not saying, well, just, just say, well, I'm a Christian. Things ought to be better. He's saying you've got to call things that be not as though they were. That's seeking first the kingdom rather than, here's the, here's the converse to that, to say, I'm going to do it on my own as far as I can go, and whatever I can't handle, then I'm going to shift over to God. That is exalting yourself. That's not what the kingdom is about. We take everything, no matter how experienced we are, no matter how gifted we are, no matter what we've done in our background, and we say, I can do nothing without him. Amen. I've got, I've got um, in Hebrews eleven six. I want to go back to that. We were there Sunday, Hebrews eleven six, And just look at that one more time. It says here in verse 6, uh, you know the verse, but without faith... It is impossible to please him. And we looked at that word that it did not say without success you couldn't please him or that without results you couldn't please him or with not without a past. Well, Lord, now for 20 years I, I've served you day and night, night and day. I need a break. God, I've, I've heard this in the Baptist church, in every church. Lord, I've deaconed or ushered for 25 years. And it's time for me, that what they say is, and this is what I actually heard, it's time for these young bucks to get up there and do a little something. And But what they're really saying in the translation between the lines is, is I'm quitting. I'm, I, they didn't say, I want a higher job, but more, send me to the hospital. They said, I'm going to the house. And we can't do that. We have to. So, so without faith, it's impossible to please him. We looked at the word impossible where it means that it's, the word means impotent or weak. It is without faith, there's nothing in there that is strong enough to please him. Not our experience, not our faithfulness, not our office. Well, I was a prophet for 25 years. God, that ought to carry me through five years without faith. It ended when you came out of faith. So we have to be on we have to be on duty all the time. There's no uh, 401k here. So uh, look at look right there in chapter 12 in verse one. It says, "Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so so easily beset us." Could y'all say Amen with me right there? 
It's like we are so powerful. We are the main event in the kingdom of heaven. God has no other focus. There's nothing else going on with him except you and me, the church, the born-again man and woman. Nothing else is, is, is waving him off or distracting him. We are the total and absolute focus of heaven. And then we're down here. He's, he's, got, he's full strength for us, and yet <laughs> the Bible says um, every weight, little weights, just things in the path, just things in the way, like Peter was distracted by a storm that had been going on for quite a while. He saw it. It had been there all along. And then it says, and the sin. Well, the sin he's talking about there is, is sin that we've confessed and got forgiven for, but the devil brings it back and said, you think you're going to do what with what you've done that I know about? And if everybody knew about it, you'd be history. And we, we play that out and go, yeah. And so he said, uh, let's, lay, let's lay it aside. In the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, we just use our faith to lay aside every weight, our past, what we've remembered, what we know of, and every sin, every weakness in our character, every failure that we've experienced, every decision and choice that went south. Lord, things we've done that were crazy. Lord, we right now receive the blood of Jesus, fresh and anew, washing us, cleansing us, making us whole again. That there's nothing, nothing, nothing that you wouldn't trust us with. There's nothing, Lord, you wouldn't send us out to do for your kingdom that was so essential and so valuable it couldn't be messed up. You would send every one of us, Lord, because the blood has made us like Jesus. As he is, so are we. And Lord, we trust your word versus our feelings right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So he says, so let us lay aside every weight and every sin. Here's where I want him to go. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I want to remind you tonight, he's the standard. A little faith here and a little I'm doing better than some people faith there is not the standard. Even Paul, I quoted that scripture where he said, I sought the Lord three times that he would remove this thing from me, knowing that that was not how the kingdom worked. How many times have we all said, God, if you do not get rid of this, I am going under, or maybe some variation of that. And God's just sitting there going, I can't even touch it. I can't even touch it. But if you'll just say, be gone in the name of Jesus, legions of angels will descend on that situation and eviscerate it, move it out of the way. How hard is that, son? How hard, how hard is that to just do it with words? Not going to the salt mine, not having to just do it. He doesn't bend it for anybody, does he? Well, I've asked him to before. He said, oh, God, I can't take any more. That's a really bad confession more. Yeah, you can. Yeah, we do can. So Jesus is the standard. The Bible says that he's the author. The word there means prince, means the one with life. And the finisher is the same word used on the cross when he said, it is finished. It's done. He put it in you. It's there, and it does the work. So we examine ourselves in the faith tonight. Are you in faith? Well, if you're not, 
make the adjustment. We've got a powerful year coming in. And I want to tell you the good thing about the kingdom, among other things, is it takes no more to do no more effort to do powerful things than it does to do to endure the trouble of not being in faith and being in the world. That takes a lot more strength than just going out there and just busting every devil and taking new ground for the kingdom. A lot less work. Amen. So that's what we're doing. Appreciate y'all taking that tonight. It's just good for me to hear it myself. Amen. Well, we're going to receive our uh, midweek tithes and offerings tonight.